Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker, Dennis Kozloff. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. We've been talking about worldviews and we've been talking about biblical versus non-biblical worldviews and unfortunately the... Uh, Western world, which we are part of, is dominated by worldviews that are often counter-biblical. Oh, by the way, I want to make this experiment. I want to try to speak shorter today, see how well I do. (laughs) You know, there is a saying like, you know, when the preacher looks at the watch, you know what it means? Nothing. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, and we've been talking about identity. And unfortunately, identity almost became a buzzword in many churches today. You know, when you use one and the same word very often just to be in the trend, often you begin to lose the meaning. So basically, identity boils down to an answer of a question, who is it or what is it, basically, right? And uh, you can get philosophical about it. You can talk about different hats, different roles, different aspects of human being. You can, you know... From simple as like the way you appear, the way my voice sounds, my face, to the roles in life that I do, the father, the son. You can do that, and it's good to exercise that, but today I don't want to do that. I want to draw your attention to a specific distinction that the Bible makes when the Bible speaks of the identity of both Jesus Christ and us. So I believe it's important. So... I'll be reading a lot of scriptures today, so brace yourself. But this is the church that believes in the Word of God and the Bible, right? So, I mean, it's, it's good to return to the Bible. So, I'm, I'm, I'm talking a lot today from scriptures, so I'll be reading a lot. So, pay attention as I read these scriptures to the two specific sides of your identity. And that's biblical. If you're asked, who are you? Or you have a task of introducing yourself and describing who you are. You should always remember there are two sides to you. There were two sides to Jesus and there are two sides to you of your identity. And you cannot lose track of that. So let's start reading those scriptures. First one is Romans 1. And you, for those who take notes, you can write this down. Romans 1, beginning from verse 1 through verse 4. And Paul, he like... He's very bulky in his speaking, so pay attention. Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Now listen to that. Concerning his son, he comes to the identity of Jesus Christ. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit. And it goes on to say Spirit of holiness. But have you noticed that? Like, He is something according to the flesh and He is something according to the Spirit. Mark 6. And this is the passage that we read several times in previous months. It talks about Jesus. When he went out, then he went out from there and came to his own home country. Talking about Jesus. And his disciples followed him. 
And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? What wisdom is that that is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? And listen, they begin to talk about his identity again. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. And here's Jesus' response to that. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could, he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. You see what's happening here? These guys, they boiled down his whole identity to, his, to the natural terms that they were familiar with. So they missed this other side that Paul talks about. They only saw according to the flesh. They only saw the descendant of David. They only saw his natural connections. They only saw his roles, his hats, his things that they knew. And that totally blocked the move of the Spirit. We talked about that before. That's what makes today's churches synagogues instead of churches. Familiarity. Familial things. Familiar things. Okay. And next verse brings this again. 2 Corinthians 5. You can write this down if you're taking notes. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 16 through 21. New King James Version I use. Actually, I'm not going to read all of these verses, just two, 16 and 17. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh... Yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Can I hear an amen to that? Amen. That's, again, he brings us, like, he, he draws our attention to these two sides of your identity, and both are true. You have a lot according to the flesh. In fact, if somebody would ask you, like, who's this dude on the stage? You would give some answers. Like, oh, he he comes from Russia. He has this funny accent, you know. You can describe me. And if you're a good impersonator, you can even try to, you know, imitate my accent or something. You would give only one side of my identity. There is a spiritual dimension to me that... You know very little. And there is a spiritual dimension to you that I know very little. And here's the tragedy. There is a spiritual dimension to you that you know very little about. I want you to think about it. You barely know yourself as a spirit being. <laughs> so you have two sources of your identity. We established that right through the Bible. How real is this second one, the spiritual side? How real, how tangible, how influential is it in your daily life? My question is. And you are responsible to make it real in your life because it is real. 
So you are more than your body and your soul. You are more than your body and your soul. Once I went to Portugal as an interpreter to a very, I, I shared the story with some of you. It was a big gathering of smartest people in Europe. Doctors, social workers, psychologists, counselors. It was dedicated to the rare blood diseases. So I was translating that. It was the spookiest experience in my life because I was in a room of about 500 people with the brightest minds of all of Europe. And there was a sense that they, most of them, treat people like a piece of meat, basically. The body was the primary concern. The soul was number two. And there was not a shred of recognition of spiritual dimension of these people. That was scary. That was demonic. My colleague, my friend, interpreter, was from a different denomination, different Christian tradition. Like in, in normal circumstances, we didn't really have much fellowship, close fellowship, heart to heart. Oh my goodness, in that setting, he was my closest friend. Oh my goodness, there was someone who believed in the living God, who believed that human beings are not just bodies and souls. So you are not just the body and the soul, all right? I'm kind of reminding you things that you know, but the lifestyle of our society is such that it's all theoretical knowledge. It's not lived out. It's not experienced much, all right? Okay, okay. Dennis, get composed. So the Bible does not waste words. The Bible does not use redundant, random words. If there's a word in the Bible, it's for reason. And if you study it carefully, you would realize that often the Bible talks about human beings as spirit, souls, and bodies. For example, the classic passage is 1 Thessalonians 5.23. For those who take notes, you can actually memorize this verse. Paul is finishing his epistle, and he says... Now, he's giving a conclusion. May, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And then he goes on to explain what it means to sanctify you completely. He says, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Your spirit, your soul, and your body would be sanctified by a God of peace. Peace would reside in every part of your being. The presence of God will be there. So, the, as I said, the Bible doesn't waste words. Every single word matters. And it says in multiple places, true interaction with God takes place in the spirit of man. Jesus said... It is in the spirit and truth that true worship will take place. True worship is not just about instruments and voices and raising hands and, you know, clapping. It's about engaging with the reality of God in your spirit. And that's the deepest part of your being. In multiple passages, the New Testament compares you and me with the temple of the living God. Of the Old Testament. And if you study the temple uh, in the Old Testament, it, it was composed of three major main parts. The, the biggest part was the outer court. 
And there was a lot of commotion going on in there. It was exposed to the daylight. All kinds of people could come in and out. There was a lot of noise and glamour, clamor and interaction and trade. That's our body. That corresponds to our body. There was a more internal part, the sanctuary. Only people who made the covenant with God could enter in. No Gentile could enter in. In the outer court, yes, all kinds of people could be. There was a borderline and it says Gentiles or people who are not part of the covenant of God cannot cross this part. But further, it was only for people who, who made the covenant. It's internal part. It corresponds with your soul. And there was the, the most intimate, the most important part, the heart of the temple, where only one person could enter the high priest, holy of holies, totally covered with veils. Not a single ray of natural light would penetrate. The lampstand made of gold lit up light, burning oil, which is the symbol of the Holy Spirit, was the only source. And that's where God would interact with the people of Israel. Where, that's where God would speak. And that's a picture of you. That's a picture. Can you imagine being a person of a covenant and never experience the presence and the glory of God that is a few feet away from you? And that's how 80 to 90% of Christians live today. They live in the outer court. They live in their bodies. They live in their souls. And they, you know, put a bumper sticker on the car about Jesus. And they do this and they do that and they give money. They never, or very rarely, I shouldn't say never, they very rarely get engaged with the reality of the presence of God and their spirit. Hey, are you, are you getting anything? I'm reminding you stuff. I'm like, I bet you know all of that. But it's good a reminder in our time and place where we live. So, there are two sources to your identity. There's a, according to the flesh side. And let me tell you something about that side. It's good, bad, and ugly. You have all of that. You have beautiful things about your side according to the flesh. Some of you had wonderful parenting. Like you had wonderful parents. So you, you, you're, you're less twisted than some of us. And some of us were raised up in a dysfunctional family. So we're more twisted in that part of us. So some parts of your according to the flesh side needs healing and intervention and touch of God. But it doesn't end there. And it doesn't really matter what's what I'm trying to say because there's the other side of you, the holy of holies, that is perfect. Jesus Christ dwells in there. And that's not a figure of speech. That's a problem of the Western Christians. They read the Bible. There are some passages that sound beautiful. And they think, oh, it's just a beautiful figure of speech. It's just an expression. Like no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born of the Spirit. No, it's literal. It's literal. You have to be born again. This other side of your identity has to come into existence. Come to be revived. Come to be made alive again. So you need the second birth. That's my point. You need the second birth. Originally, the spirit of man, enlivened and energized by the direct fellowship with God, was to dominate 
and to have preeminence over the soul, mind, will, and emotion was to express the move of the Spirit, express God, and the glory of God was to be carried in men's bodies. That was the original design. Adam and Eve, when they've sinned and fall short of the glory of God, they became spiritually dead. What does that mean? Did they cease to become, to be spirit or spirit beings? No. No. In fact, every single human being born into this world is a spiritual being. So, this world will tell you some people are like not spiritual and some people are like Oprah Winfrey are spiritual. That's not the case. Every single person is spiritual. Why? Because they are spirits. They're born. They're created with the spirits. Their spirit is an organ, if I may call it this way, to be in touch with God. But it became dead. And it became suppressed. And you became flesh. There's a positive meaning of the word flesh in the Bible. and There's a negative one. The negative one means you're, you, the original design of God was disrupted. And you got twisted. And instead of being spirit being in charge, your spirit got suppressed. And you're driven by the passions of your soul and your body. So body with a soul like that, dominating the spirit, that's a natural state of things for most people. That's why you need to be born again. The spirit of God needs to enter your spirit once again to enliven you. And you had a huge problems. You and I, we had a two huge problems. One is judicial, our standing with God. The righteousness was violated. So there was no possibility of connecting with God. He took care of that by the blood of Christ. It's taken care of. Now, the second problem is more serious. You were sick at the terminal stage, actually dead. So that life had to enter into your spirit. And enliven you. And that's what happens when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That's why I encourage you. I know that some of you have gone to the church forever. But I, I want you to be sure that you have taken a deliberate stay, step to invite Jesus Christ into your life. Because that's what gives you new birth. That's what gives you new birth. Am I too heavy today? I'm talking from the Bible, people. I'm sorry. I was like, all, I had all kinds of ideas yesterday, but the Lord told me, no, speak about one thing. Tell them that they are spirits. Remind them the reality of the spiritual dimension of their beings. We need that to be real Christians, not cultural Christians, not just ethical Christians, not just moral people, nice people, Bible-reading people, but people who know their God and whom, who release the presence of God in their daily life. That's what, I, what I, that's what I want to be. That's, I believe you want to be. You wouldn't stay in this church if you, would be, if you want something else. So, John says, Jesus answered to the spiritual teacher of Israel, Nicodemus, and he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Again, the temptation is here is to turn it into some kind of a poetic expression. Oh, you know. You can't see the kingdom. No, you cannot literally even see it. And then he goes on to say, Jesus said, <clears throat> Nicodemus was puzzled by this, and he said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? So like, 
And Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That, listen, which is born of the flesh is flesh. And again, he speaks of those two sides of our identity. We are all born of the flesh. We all have a natural father and mother and uncles and, you know, you know the stuff. That that is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So, is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Actually, there is a play in words. The Spirit and the wind are of the same root. It's actually almost the same word. Breath, wind, Spirit is the same word, both in Hebrew and in Greek. So, he said, when you're born of the Spirit... All of a sudden, you don't quite get it yet, but you begin to register the move of the Spirit. You know, just like if you would come outside and if there is a little breeze, you would be able to register it. You would be able to feel the wind, even if it's very slight. So the same thing happens when you're born of the Spirit. When you invite Jesus into your heart, your spirit becomes alive and you begin to be exposed to the reality of the other dimension where God operates in this world. So the Bible is no longer stories about the past. It, it, it's, <clears throat> it's stories about your present. Because the Spirit moves today. And you are, if you're born of the Spirit, you are the person who can register the move of the Spirit and join yourself to this move. And that's how God gets to be expressed in this world today. Hey, that's a good news. Aren't you excited about it? All right. So... <clears throat> So you must be born again, be born of the Spirit of God. So, okay, Dennis, you convinced us. We are spirits. We have two, two, two sides to us. And yes, we have received Jesus Christ. And yes, thank you, Dennis. Thank you for reminding us that we're not just souls and bodies, that we're not just according to the flesh thing. We also, according to the Spirit. How do we bring it into more reality, intangible reality in our life? How do we make it more real? I'll tell you how. Don't worry. I'm a good salesman. The Bible actually gives you specific things to, 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 to do in your life. Well, first, well, first, it's kind of obvious. T take it seriously. Don't discard it as a poetic, like, uh, just words. It's not semantics. It's real. You're called to worship God in spirit because you're spirit and you're capable of doing that. So don't take it figuratively. Take it literally. Second, understand the growth. So here's the thing that you need to understand. Nothing that God does comes in a complete static form. It usually, God is life, you know. And you know how life comes? In a small packages in a small form of a seed I, I i kept i kept talking about it throughout like the seed comes and you have to take care of that and then it will grow and you will see the fruit right so it's easily neglected when you're born of the spirit the bible says that there are stages of spiritual growth so 
your physical age, the side that is according to the flesh, you may be what? 50, 60, 70, 25, doesn't matter. Because then you experience the second birth and you begin to develop and grow. And the Bible says there are different stages and there are different characteristics of those stages. I'll read you some of those passages. First John chapter 2. John writes, I write to you little children. He is not writing to actual physical children. He's writing to people like you and I, to people who are mature physically. But he, he tells them this. I write to you little children. Where is it? Because your sins are forgiven. Because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you fathers. Because you have known him who is from the beginning. So you see, you become a spiritual child as soon as you receive Jesus and you realize, oh my goodness, my sins are forgiven. You, God has no record against you anymore. He's like, hey, come on here. You're not dirty at all. You're clean. I can hug you. And he does hug you. Because the blood of Jesus removes every stain. There is nothing left between you and God. So he embraces you joyfully. In fact, it says it's his pleasure. So whatever Jesus has done, it's his good pleasure. That's what brings like the most pleasant experience to God. <laughs> All right. I, I don't know. I'm talking about something good and you look so serious like you're a bunch of Russians. <laughs> Something's wrong here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I write to you, young man, because you have overcome the wicked one. There is a victory. Young men, they're not children anymore. There's some wrestling going on, and they overcome. They're young men. They're more functional in the kingdom. They can do more stuff. They exhibit more strength and more power to do stuff and to overcome. And the, Jesus said, I have come to destroy the works of the evil one. That's what he does today too. So when the Spirit of God begins to use you, you begin to break and destroy the works of the evil one in people's lives. And you know what the Bible says? That means you're a teenager. Woo! You get, you're up to some shenanigans. You want to shake things up. Woo! Exactly. Oh, finally, I woke you up. I write to you, young man, because you overcome the evil one. I write to you, little children, again, because you have known the Father. Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy. Woo! I can come to his lap. My little daughter, you know, she wakes up, and I work second shift, so I'm really deprived of sleep. And every morning she wakes up. Daddy, daddy, daddy. And I cannot not answer to that. Even if I really want to sleep. Like, what is it? God is way better than that. He's not slumbering. He's like, okay, he's waiting for that daddy thing coming out of you. Little children. That's because of Jesus has done. Ooh, and that has nothing to do with your according to the flesh side. I'm still talking about you as a spirit. So some of you are spiritual babes. Some of you have been Christians for years, but you just begin to believe that your sins are forgiven. You're becoming little children. That means next step, you come to the Father. You enjoy Him as the Daddy, as the Father. 
And then you become a teenager, you begin to exercise a little strength and power to cast the demons out. All right? Are you excited about it? Is that a different kind of Christianity? Not like a cultural, nominal, ethical, moral, boring, ritualistic. It's a real deal. All right. Good. I think you're getting it. I'm hopeful for you. I'm getting it. <laughs> oh, man. I have written to you, young man, because you're strong and the word of God abides in you. Young man, you're strong. The word of God abides in you. So you got that. You are spirit. You have fleshly sight, so to speak, and you have spiritual sight to you that was added. You had second birth when you received Jesus. And you have, you, if you haven't received Jesus, you need to do that. And I can help you. Pastor Neil can help you come at the end of the service for prayer. It's a very simple step. It takes a split second to be born again. And then you begin to grow. And to grow, you need to feed your spirit, man. You need to feed your spirit, man. There is food involved. There is a uh, regiment. There is a, uh, a diet involved. And it's got to be nutritious. You should not consume empty calories. You should know, feed sugary stuff to your spirit man. You should give him good, healthy food. My little one knows if she wants to have a little sweet treat, she says, Daddy, you got to eat normal food first. Right, honey? Here's the spiritual lesson from my daughter to you. You got to eat normal food first. And what is normal food? First Peter 2, 1, 2 says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as a newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious or good. When you're born again, you have tasted that the Lord is good, and then you need to eat spiritual milk. You got to read your Bible, dude. I know like it, your, your sight that is according to the flesh would be so bored by the Bible first. But you need to have a breakthrough to touch the spirit that is behind the ink on the paper. And then you will start experiencing, whoa, whoa, there's life, there's nutrition, there's strength that is coming, there's energy that is coming. So I... I don't know, I hope I'm wrong, but I see a lot of young people today in, in churches, they, they kind of put aside the Bible. It's kind of boring to them. Never do that. You're starving. You're starving your spirit, man. And the Bible says that there are different stages of growth, and there's different kind of food, and they all come from the same source. So don't worry, you will not remain on milk diet. You, if you grow, you'll ultimately get to eat some steak. Spiritual steak. But you're not capable. If you're still the baby, you're not capable. There's so much more for the Lord. So it's not, it's not all same, all same. There's more. There's always more for, that God has for you to, to taste of Him. All right? I'm, I'm, I'm finishing. Actually, I'm finished. But I need to wrap it up. So That's what the Lord told me. You know, I had all kinds of ideas for this message today. I said, no, 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 no. Just one thing. They, you are spirit. You are spirit. And how did I do time-wise? Oh, I did great. 
I did great, but I haven't finished yet. <laughs> Official, I'm wrapping up. So uh, I want you to begin to be aware of your spiritual side. And if you, for years, you have been like, it, it was just a figure of speech, it was not real to you. Oh, I forgot to mention the most important, not the most, but very important thing. Yes, there's a diet, and also there's a fellowship. For some reason, it skipped my notes. I, I don't see it in my notes, but it was supposed to be in my notes. That's the thing that the spiritual baby will die, without food and without care. And where do you find this care? This care is provided within the body of Christ. So, your spirit man will starve and almost die if you don't feed it and if it's not surrounded by family setting. If it's not surrounded by relationship within the body of Christ. Apostle John writes, we write this thing to you so that we would have the fellowship that we have from the Father. With the Father and the Holy Spirit and you would have the same fellowship. So there's a fellowship with a flow of relational knowledge of God. It's never static. It's never just a little portion that you can take home. It never happens. You're either in the river or you're outside. And there are seasons when you need to be by yourself, but you've got to be in the river of fellowship of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit where people are involved. If you read the Bible, it keeps talking about one another, one another, one another, one another. Encourage one another. Speak to one another. Prophesy to one another. Where's your one another? If you only come here on Sunday, you have no one another side in your life. I'm sorry to tell you that. So, I know, I know there are seasons when it's okay to kind of withdraw for a little. I've been to those, and I, there might be more in the future. But the normal state of things is to be in the flow of fellowship. Real people. Oh, I wish everybody would be just spiritual and love me and express God's nature to me. Oh, I wish that too, but you have two sides. You have according to the Spirit and according to the flesh, and it comes in one package. So you want according to the Spirit, come to the place where people are both according to the flesh and according to the Spirit. With all good, bad, and ugly. And the Spirit. And the Spirit. There's no other way. There's no idealistic church. You won't find a great church. I'm sorry. It all comes in this package of according to the flesh and according to the Spirit. But the body builds itself in love when the Spirit moves, and the Spirit moves to people who have their spirit enlivened by the Holy Spirit. Born again Christians. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.